Welcome to the Beanball, the most exciting podcast about the most boring sport. My name is Joey Price. And my name is Brady O'Callaghan. We're joined today by, or sorry, with, uh, we're joined today with, by, we're joined today, we'll figure it out. Uh, Jesse Lee (laughs) is here. Uh, Jesse Lee is here to talk with us about fantasy baseball. We actually just had about an hour-long conversation with Jesse about fantasy. And then Brady's computer crashed. We recorded a whole ass episode and then my computer just stopped. (laughs) It stopped and said, I've decided to restart. It stopped and it said, I decided to restart. So we're going to have a very quick episode here with Jesse about fantasy baseball. Jesse, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me again. I guess this is technically episode, the third episode I've been on then. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Uh, ret- I guess technically, yeah. Return get yeah the 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 second one you were on is just for like the deep cut fans. There's only three yeah. of them in the world. It's an unreleased director's cut. Every good podcast has like uh like a secret episode, right? Absolutely. Yeah. The the one okay. it, only for the oral history. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, so Jesse, you, you love fantasy baseball. Yes. I'm afraid you're in a, you're in a ton of leagues. Yeah. I'm in four leagues this year. And you were in five last year. I was in five last year. Yeah. And can, can you say why you aren't in that fifth league this year? Okay. Uh, well, so the, the reason is because that league turned out to be a scam, a way to, uh, steal money from people. Um, I joined an anonymous Reddit league with, it wasn't meant to be anonymous, but it was with people on the internet. Um, I Venmoed my entry fee to this man, which should have been a red flag. Um, someone <laughs> I don't know. Um, I played the entire season. I went literally undefeated um, in every matchup. I didn't w- lose a single matchup for 24 weeks. Um, <laughs> and then I went to collect my um, my winnings at the end of the season, and it just never happened. And then uh, we slowly, the, me and the three other people who are real, actual people who are playing this league, discovered it was all a scam to get um, our entry fees. So, did did the other people care that much? No, because they didn't win. They weren't winning <laughs> money. So only it was only I who really cared, and I guess the other three people who were owed money did not were either weren't real people or um, didn't think to do anything about it. I know we just talked about this about an hour ago, but I truly never get tired hearing this story. <laughs> I'm very sorry about your $20. But it is very funny you know, to most me. What I'm upset about is that I went undefeated and now it's like tarnished. I feel like that is a huge achievement to never lose a, a matchup in, in one entire season of baseball. Um, and now I realize I was probably playing against like people who weren't real. So. Well, yeah, there's a big asterisk on that on that season yeah. for you. It's uh, it's a shame. I do think you should feel pretty good about it though, because as as we said in the unreleased secret vault episode, <laughs> um, this one person was um, potentially uh, in control of maybe six teams in the league, and so they just had every single opportunity to stock a single roster to win, so no one would ever question it. And yeah. you went undefeated, which is really <laughs> funny. <laughs> I guess it uh, required that much effort. So. Yeah. Uh, so you love fantasy baseball. Can you kind of tell us how you got into it a little bit? 
Um, so there was one year where um, my wife actually got me into baseball. She was a big Red Sox fan growing up. And then, you know, I wasn't really a sports guy. So she, uh, you know, <clears throat> um, you know, wanted to introduce me to baseball. And, you know, one year she was like, oh, we're just, we're, let's, let's watch some Mets games. Cause you know, being a Red Sox fan, she wasn't um, really too keen on rooting for the Yankees. Um, so, you know, we lived in Queens, it made a lot of sense. So we, you know, it'd be easy to go see games. Um, we started watching games and it, that year happened to be 2015, which was the year the Mets last went to the world series. Um, and so it was a very exciting year of, of games to watch. Um, and so I got really into, um, just the sport in general. Um, but I, th I think, um, my fandom really took an next level when I, uh, I joined, um, another friend's fantasy league. They had like, an open, yeah, Zach Carey had an open spot in um, one of his like old leagues from college and <clears throat> i don't know for some reason it kind of clicked with me because i like grew up playing role-playing games and other like kind of nerdy stat type based games and i didn't think of sports as something that could have that could scratch that itch for me um but then i discovered fantasy baseball and um i feel like it did exactly that i'm like it was basically like pokemon but for best for baseball <laughs> um <laughs> i felt like um was what took me to like a next level of like obsession. So I think that's a genius way of framing it. Um, that would get young people maybe into <laughs> baseball. Maybe that is yeah. the way that we need to frame this as, uh, the fantasy baseball element. Um, yeah. To like boost its popularity. Pokemon. Cause I, I will say I like, I was already a fan of baseball, but I, it had been maybe 10 years since I actively paid attention, so I didn't know anyone really on the rosters besides Cleveland, the one team I followed. And so I started playing fantasy baseball in that same league a year after you joined. Um, yeah. I think I got connected through you um, because I wanted to get into it and know more about truly anyone except for the one team that I followed. And it's been so good for that. It's, yeah. I think one thing that really helps someone who wants to get into a sport is because um, you end up paying attention to more players than one particular team. Like you pay more attention to like exciting moments in the game in general. So I feel like, you know, for example, in, you know, fantasy baseball, if your player hits a home run, you're like excited no matter what team you actually root for, you know? So I feel like same with like fantasy football or whatever, you know, if you have like NFL red zone or whatever, and on Sunday, you're just like, flipping through games but you pay attention to your players on your team it's like a way to just like get more exposure to exciting moments of the game so um yeah that's the one thing i found myself tuning into watching baseball games with teams yeah. i normally would never care about and all of a sudden i'm invested in players but also teams i get caught up in the storylines yeah for sure yeah for sure and there's so much baseball there's like always kind of a game for you to kind of have some sort of investment in yeah yeah it's just always on which is like a very comforting it's like a smooth warm blanket over your summer yeah makes it i like to be hot in the summer <laughs> yeah we gotta get blankets it. only Bl blankets only dude hey <laughs> hey uh one thing that i do want to make sure that we cover uh this time around um that we covered in the the super locked away vault episode is uh jesse you changed your fantasy team name and we got the beanball yeah. exclusive this is pretty big that's right so my team last year in the league that um joey and brady and i are in uh was called hype train it was just all i named it that way just because i had all these like young rookie exciting players 
Um, and I've officially changed my team name to the Robert Rapport. Um, <laughs> and in reference to Luis Robert, who's a, another uh, Red Sox rookie who'll be coming up, or White Sox rookie, sorry. Yeah, and uh, recap real quick, Do you ha- is he on your team? He's not on my team, so I feel like uh, <laughs> now I'm obligated to trade for him. Um, Smart uh, move. So who has his player? It's Chris Gentile, who I um, he auto drafted and he has no pitchers. He has <laughs> um, well, actually he has four good relief pitchers and Jack Flaherty, Lance McCullers, and Joe Musgrove, which who I think are teasing pitchers, but I think he'll probably want more than those three. Um, so if I want to make a trade, I could. Chris, we know, is the brother of our buddy Sal, who joined up in the league last year and uh, did exceedingly well. Um, it might have. How did he place last year? He might have. He, he might have placed two overall. Oh, nice. He was definitely in the playoffs, so the top four. Yeah. So his team has um, Trey Mancini at first, who we don't know about him. He just had uh, uh, cancer. And just we're, the reason that we're recapping Chris's team is because in the previous episode, <laughs> we already recapped all three of our teams and, and we don't want to go back and do that again. Yeah. But the, the, I think the, the recap essentially um, is that neither of these guys have steals. They'll probably want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We are missing steals. Yeah. As, missing steals. as much as I'd love to recap and hear all of the weaknesses of the team <laughs> I labored over drafting, we'll just say I lack steals. Yeah. But yeah, let's get back to Chris Gentile's team, a person I've never met in real life before. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've met him either. Uh, I actually, yeah, I don't know much about this guy. Um, he has a lot of uh, speedy players, though. He has Jonathan VR, he has Mike Trout, Luis Robert. Um, oh, yeah, he had the number one overall pick. Yeah, and he auto-drafted Mike Trout, so that's a pretty good place to be. Um, and he has, so he has Garrett Hampson, who I like a lot this year as like a, an upside guy. He's a Rockies um, second baseman who he's like, so the Rockies um, actually, this kind of brings us back to last time I was on where we talked about the Rockies and how bad they are at managing their rookies. Oh yeah. Um, So they, well, they'll, they'll do a thing. Like they'll have all these like young players and then sign like Ian Desmond to like a four year contract (laughs) Um, and uh, never play uh, anyone because they have to play Ian Desmond because they pay him so much money. Um, but Garrett Hampson, um, the last, I want to say like three weeks of the season was like an unbelievable beast. He was like, um, mashing home runs. I think he did like a swing change. He has mashing home runs and he's also like incredibly speedy. So if he gets, um, playing time, which hopefully he should at the, at the Rockies this year, um, he has the potential to be like a 2020 type, like 20 homers, 20 steel type dude with second base and outfield eligibility. So he's the kind of guy you could probably get for free if, um, Chris drops him, which might happen. Um, and he also has Buxton. Buxton's another dude who has a lot of speed. The thing about him is that he's always injured because he's the kind of, you know, those like very good defensive center fielder types who like just go for it. Body. Yeah. yeah. So that he's always like injured. He's um, cool. I like Buxton. I like I, Buxton I, too. I kind of wish that he, you know, kind of like has never quite reached that potential that we everyone yeah. was hoping for but he's he cool. has such so many like he's so athletic so many good skills but he's just like never healthy for yeah a long stretch so yeah i don't know i think you could probably swing a trade with chris i got it at least because he has so much 
the thing about him is he has so much, um, so many speedy players. I feel like he'll be willing to give up Luis Robert. So uh, I think a trade is in the works. I might actually email him right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh God, I can't believe this. We recorded a a whole hour long episode without Jesse making a personal email, but Uh, I have a draft. I I started a draft, so I'll I'll probably finish this at some point. Yeah. Good. Uh, Smart. Um, (laughs) I thought it might be interesting to talk about my player, like evaluation process. Yeah. That'd be Uh, great. So there's a couple sites that I look at, obviously. um, Are you guys on StatCast? Have you been on mm-hmm. Stackhouse Baseball Savant? Yeah. Um, so this thing I was basically clued into like a couple of years ago, but I feel like um, they're adding new metrics to it. And I feel like it's like once you, it's like you can't unsee it once you see it. Um, but basically it just shows um, their, uh, it uses um, the Stackcast. what's their system called? Is it called Stackcast? Yeah. Basically uses the Amazon Web Service thing to uh, track you know, movement in, in the field and, and um, during games and translates that using um, basically statistical, uh, like historical plays of similar type of batted ball events um, to generate expected values. So I feel like, you know, a good place to look. Um, I think when I'm like looking for who's actually performing right now um, is to just look at um, StatCast because you can see um, barrel rates, you can see, um, exit velocity, you can see things like who's crushing the ball really hard. Um, who's like actually making good contact and, um, uh, like, and they're off oftentimes names that you wouldn't expect. So like, that's when one stat cast, um, so Gary Sanchez, for example, is a, is a player who is always like, has in the last few years been a top, like in terms of like exit velocity and, um, how hard he hits the ball. He's always like a, at the top there. So like you can also, it also identified like Hunter Dozier as someone who last year was like really good. <laughs> and um, it took, I think it can show you players who are probably performing at a high level and give you a sense of how sustainable or how, like how quote unquote much earned that performance is. Um, I think pretty quickly, cause you can just identify um, elite performance pretty quickly um, and who's like earning it. Um, and then, you know, from there I might look at, so those players, like, um, I'll take who are the top, like who are basically performing at elite level in certain skills and then go look at them in fan fan graphs. So I'll go like, for example, um, Rowdy Telez, right. He's someone who, um, Mm -hmm. is crushes the ball, but he, you look at his, his, his just other stats, right. So his weighted runs created, um, Last year was pretty high, but he just doesn't play very much. Um, and he def- he never walks. He strikes out a lot. Um, his K rate is like 28.8, which is higher than league average. And then his walk rate is like 2.7, which is abysmal. Uh, granted, this is across 23 games, but like you see, you just like look at, you get a better sense of like player overall in terms of like what type of player they are. So you want to look at, um, for hitters, I like to look at um, like walk to K rate because you want someone who has good, um, play discipline just so that they're able to have a high floor. Right. Um, and then, you know, I'll look at, I don't know, just like, I don't look at their counting stats so much, but I do look at their, um, you know, obviously their slash line and then their, uh, their weighted runs created plus. So they're basically their, um, 
weighted league average run production uh, run creation. What's what's the what's the stat called? Um, basically, just like offensive overall offensive output weighted across the league. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. one fifty one is fifty one percent better than the average major leaguer in terms of um, run creation. I will say that uh, uh, Jesse knows uh, he he's done the deep dive on all of these sites and RG Chad history March through October is just baseball and fantasy baseball um and he put me onto fran mil reyes last oh, yeah. year who yeah he's um he's someone else who stack has really likes because he absolutely crushes the ball um his defense is really bad so mm-hmm. um, he's probably more of a dh type player but although i've heard that he lost a lot of weight this year um that's probably like a perennial storyline but i feel like he um is trying to be more athletic um so yeah, I don't know. You look at players who are like doing interesting things statistically, and then maybe read more about. Oh, is there first of all like what's what's their like playing time outlook? Are they like do they have bad lefty righty splits, for example? Are they um, bad defensively? What would like potentially threaten their playing time? And then um, yeah, how available are they? Like how are how are how much do people value them? Can you like trade for them? Are they on the wire? Um, and so like I often type like I feel like hitters are probably easier to find right now just because, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the ball being juiced, if it stays that way, I feel like it's easy to find easier to find like consistent elite hitting production or good hitting production than it is to find like good pitching. Um, yeah. Jesse, you're really good at RPGs, aren't you? Uh, I'm okay. I think I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Don't you feel um, like there's also, though, oftentimes, like, relievers can be kind of easy to find, too? Or just, like, yeah. someone will suddenly be good? Um, I think that happens, like, Drew Pomeranz, for example, is the kind of dude um, last year who's, like, had this fitness profile, like, starter who had durability issues. And then I think, um, was his, what, I can't remember what his arsenal was. I feel like someone who, like, starts and goes to the pen and then their stuff plays up a little bit more. So like Drew Pomeranz is a good example of this. I think he probably like simplified his arsenal a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, some guys who like, you know, find another level as a reliever. Um, I think that definitely happens a lot. Um, but yeah, I feel like depending on the league settings, um, it's, it can be easier to find. That's like one of the reasons why I really push for like saves plus holds as a category because it over, over just saves. Right, um, right. Because I think it opens up the 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 range of players who are viable because of and and makes like middle relievers more valuable, for example. Um, just because like you want to value like players who are good pitchers in general, like the same way in MLB MLB would, where you know you definitely want like a good seventh eighth inning guy um, on your team, yeah. and they end up being like the basis for a lot of like mid season trades. Um, this also uh, Jesse had mentioned uh privately in like our draft chat that he was thinking about putting together a pitchers only fantasy league oh yeah Um, so if anyone out there listening is interested in getting that up and running i don't know if it'll happen this year but definitely next year i'm a hundred percent interested in yeah that that sounds really fun yeah i was thinking like something like um like 20 p slots just straight up p slots um (laughs) and uh like I don't know, 10 pitching categories. Um, I don't know. I think it'd be fun. Um, yeah. Just because it'd be cool to have um, 
I don't even know if I can think of 200 pitchers, but uh, that'd be fun. <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> yeah, it'd be great. Um, um, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, well, we've been talking about this for an hour and a half. uh... (laughs) it's crazy uh jesse i'm so sorry about the technical difficulties we definitely want to have you on again we'll check in once the baseball season actually does start um hopefully we'll have you back to talk about um our fantasy league and how that's going and um uh hopefully some good trades that we've all made um to either shore up um steals Mm-hmm. Well, pretty much steals. We all need steals. We all need yeah. steals. But you also need starting pitching. I think you need starting. Pitching. I think my starting pitching is good. And and we could both. I could dump a starter or somebody for a reliever. I could, yeah, I could get another reliever on my roster. Yeah, Kimbrel and I forget who it was. It was like um, the White Sox. Colony, yeah. Um, yeah. You probably want better better relievers. Um, all right. Let's. Uh, I want to. Uh, what's when do you guys think the season, the opening? Mm. Will be? Um. Jesus, I think it's going to be June 5th. That's late. I might take the I might take the under on that, but I I think not by much. I I don't see it before May 15th. Um I think I'm going to go a little later. I think I'm going to go um I'm going to go When's the All-Star break? Uh, it's usually like July. It's like mid July, right? Like mid July, yeah. Yeah. You're gonna go all star break. I'm gonna go last week of June. All right. Last week wow. of June. Wow, this is bleak for baseball, guys. Yeah, um, it's bad. Uh, real quick though, some uh, bright happy news about um, baseball is that uh, South Korea is back and playing some like spring training exhibition type games that are streaming on the. Um, what is it? The Lotte? Lotte Giants. Lotte Giants um, on their YouTube channel, I believe. They're uh, streaming their games. Um, uh, t- go Lotte. Go Lotte, you know? Oh, go Giants. And these are like, they're playing themselves, right? They're like intra-squad kind of Yeah, games. They're, they're exhibition games. I don't know exactly how they work. Um, I know that there are only 10 major league KBO teams over there um or something like that um yeah so, so it's a it's a smaller league smaller season so it wouldn't mean surprise me if that's what's happening uh, yeah so it's uh lote l-o-t-t-e giants um they're playing games uh tonight it'll be too late uh for this 1040, game 10 40 so, yeah, you, it, yeah the game's over you can't watch it <laughs> you can't watch it yeah. but they are playing on the 25th and the 27th at 10 p.m eastern standard time uh no wait 25th 25th, 27th at 10.40 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and the 29th at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So Opportunity to watch some baseball. I, I'm yeah. tuning in. I'm uh, Yeah, I'm signing out. And, gang, I'm going to watch some baseball tonight. Great. Hey, this was fun. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks, yeah. guys. And uh, just one last thing in uh, some sad news. We had a friend of the pod, Caitlin Kovalchek, who passed away this past week after a long uh, battle with breast cancer, I think for close to a decade. She uh, was close friends with a couple of people that we've had on this podcast as well. 
Uh, I uh, am very fortunate that I, in the last couple of years, was able to watch baseball with her and hang out with her and talk a lot about baseball. Huge baseball fan. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we'll miss her a lot and uh, sending everyone that was close with her some uh, good wishes. And that's it for us this week, everyone. But we will be back next week. Thanks a lot for listening. The Beanball is hosted by Joey Price and Brady O'Callaghan. Our music is by Louis Aronowitz, and our logo is by Diana Kolsky. If you want to reach us, you can email thebeanballpodcast at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, wherever you might get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. People are going to love it, dude. (laughs)